Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. All right, so today we are here with my friend and former co-worker, Gia, and I met Gia while we were um, both at the same school. Um, we are both educators, and I was able to see her during her the beginning of her education journey, um, and then through that, I found out that she had so many different talents. Um, one being makeup (laughs) and, um, if you've ever seen me looking very glamorous, um, it is because of Gia because she does my makeup and the girl can blow. Like I was able to hear her sing at her church and she is just a wonderful all around person. And I'm so glad that I'm able to sit with her today and have this amazing discussion. And so I'm just going to let her kind of introduce herself, tell us a little bit about her, and then we're going to get right into it. So Gia, tell us a little bit about you. Wow, I don't even know what else to say. That was a a wonderful intro. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Well, my name is Gia Antoinette. I am the owner of Glam It All. LLC here in Houston is a um, beauty company. I, I do professional makeup artistry, but I also subcontract hairstylists, wardrobe stylists, all of that. So um, definitely beauty stuff. And then I also teach high school. Um, but yeah, for the most part, that is what I do. I'm a, a small business owner trying to balance work, life, work. And um, Gia left off one thing that impresses me about her. Um, You are also a model, Gia. Don't forget, girlfriend, because you be working those outfits. So I do do plus-size modeling um, for boutiques here in Houston. I've also modeled makeup for Makeup Forever, the Makeup Forever brand, Um, but yes, I definitely also model. So anyone needs a plus size model, I'm your girl. Um, but yeah, with, with makeup, it's just always been a passion of mine. Um, I started doing makeup when I was, I started doing makeup in high school. I started doing makeup professionally when I was 18. So I'm about 14 years in now. Um, and I've had an LLC for eight years now. Um, but it's just, I remember being younger and my mom not really wanting me to wear makeup. She felt like, oh, you don't really need it. You're, you're pretty. You don't need makeup. You don't need to have this. Just lip gloss and mascara will do. And I don't think until I was probably a senior in high school and doing theater and doing makeup for theater that she realized I was not trying to put on makeup because I needed it, but more because I liked how it made me feel. I liked the creativity that came with it. Um, And then from there, it just took off. And I like that you said that part because um, 
I am like way late bloomer in the makeup game. Um, I didn't start wearing makeup till I was about to graduate from college. Um, so the extent of my makeup was like eyeliner and lip gloss and maybe mascara. Um, and then one of my friends got into Mary Kay and, um, you know, I let her use me as like a test and it does, it, it like makes you feel good. Um, I never felt like I needed makeup, but wearing it, like you just kind of feel a little bit more pep in your step, I guess. Definitely. I feel like when you have on makeup, it's just the, it, I don't even know if it's the makeup itself or the effort that you put into getting yourself together that makes you feel good. Um, because most of the people who sit in my chair, they're already like beautiful people inside and out, but they definitely sit down with a certain demeanor. And then when they get up, it's a completely different demeanor, even before they've seen themselves. So I know that it's not just the transformation um, with the makeup is definitely something that's also happening on the inside of people. But, um, I think everybody kind of, for the most part, didn't really get into makeup that much until, you know, recent years to me, even when I started, there were not so many platforms like there are now that can show you what to do, um, teach you different things, show you different products. When I started, it was just trial and error. There was no, um, trial and error. There was no getting on YouTube and trying to learn new techniques or anything like that. I was literally doing stuff on my own face. People were seeing that. And then I'd have people coming to me like, oh, can you do my makeup for this event? Can you do my makeup for that event? I don't know what to do. And then that's when I started actually making a business out of it when I was in college. Um, and then I went from there to working at Mac. And then after that, I went to having my own LLC. But now... I'm, I'm happy for this generation that came behind me because there's so many different ways for you to get the knowledge that you need. Um, I know when I was working at Mac, it was almost like when you ask questions, and I'm sure a lot of people kind of still feel like this when you go to um, certain counters, but when you ask questions, just feeling kind of dumb asking your questions or feeling like... Um, just kind of people making it seem like, oh, you should know this. Oh, this person has no idea what they're talking about. You know, I felt like that was the case when I first started. Like, even when I would ask my coworkers and stuff, oh, how do you do that? Can you show me that technique? It was kind of that mindset like, oh, well, I had to work to get here and you're going to have to work too. Yeah. Or now I feel like there's, like, everybody wants to show off what they're doing. And I really think that that's a blessing. I know myself, like, I'm always trying to, you know, take a different class, get another certification, because I feel like the, the knowledge part of it, like, I'm very much interested in education, not only providing it, but receiving it myself. And I feel like you just kind of have to stay on top of your game. There's always going to be someone who can show you something. Yeah. And if you get so arrogant that you think that you can't learn, you're in a bad spot. Yeah, that is true. Because I've even seen, like, different people on social media, um, they will do, like, the split screen where they copy something somebody else has done. So, you're right. Even those with millions of followers still look to other people for um, inspiration and help learning new things. So, that oh, absolutely. is important. And when you were talking about, like, going to the counter... And like asking questions about makeup. I remember going into Macy's and 
like I, this was like right after I had learned how to even put on foundation and all that. Um, and I asked the lady to help match like my color and she looked at me and was like, well, what do you normally wear? I'm like, well, I don't wear makeup. And she was like, um, well, then she starts asking me like technical questions and it was like so overwhelming. She's like, well, do you use powder? Do you want concealer? Do you normally use like a liquid? Would you prefer this and that? And at the time I'm like, oh my God, like I think I need to go ask someone for something because I have no idea what I'm looking for. And that's how I made my way to Mac um, because like they would be more receptive to saying like, okay, let me try this. Let me try this. Um, As opposed to like those makeup counters in different uh, department stores. And then I just became like a Mac wearer just because of that. Um, So yeah, definitely it's helpful to have people who are not, um, who are okay with you not being as knowledgeable as they are. So Yeah, I think that that is something that's really um, kind of been driving my business more than the makeup, the fact that I am willing to educate people. I kind of feel like that is my purpose and my passion to um, educate and empower and kind of pour confidence into people. I, I feel like you shouldn't be afraid or feel intimidated to ask the questions that you want to ask. Um, and you also shouldn't be made to feel like, oh, well, you should know this or like you're behind the ball um, just because we're all at different levels. We all have different needs. Um, so I try my best to make sure that the education just beauty-wise is accessible to people and that they feel comfortable um, with asking questions that I'm breaking things down for them, especially when I have people come to my uh, makeup classes, that I'm breaking things down to them where they truly understand the reasons why we're doing certain things, understand techniques. And, you know, coming to my classes, it we, we have a good time. It's not just the makeup, it's the talking, it's sharing stories, all of that different stuff. But, um, yeah, I definitely, I think that is what has made me so interested in continuing and I keep you know running a business I definitely when I started I I don't think that I thought I would be going this long but it is just something that I truly love doing I like to leave you know situations and people better than I found them and I feel like when people come to me a certain way sometimes they you know they sit in my chair and they're kind of down I can tell that they need to talk um and I provide that service for them as well as providing an ear, um, sometimes providing advice. And when they get up and leave, I can just tell that like weight has been lifted. And that part of it is something that I truly love. Um, but yeah, I think that knowing that I make people feel more confident about themselves is nothing, nothing matches that. Yeah. Now, have you had like clients kind of talk to you about that, like how they feel about themselves and why they're getting their makeup done? Um, I know like uh, there was like a point when I was younger, even though I didn't wear makeup, uh, I had like a lot of acne scars. So I was kind of insecure about my face, Um, you know, during that time. 
but again, like I wasn't wearing makeup, but do you ever have people that are like, I just really don't feel good. Um, and I hope, you know, by getting makeup, I feel a little bit more confident. Like, do they ever have those verbal discussions with you or is it more, you just get a feel for, um, their demeanor, like from their demeanor? No, sometimes it's the the demeanor, but I've absolutely had people sit in my chair and tell me that they're not feeling good about themselves. Um, even probably, I think it was just last week, um, I had a lady who came, and I could tell when she came to me that she was, like, down, but it was her first time sitting in my chair. Um, I don't just, like start talking to people about their business when I don't really know them. So I just try to be a soft place to land if something does happen to come out. So I could already tell that she was kind of like her mood just seemed a little different. And she just, you know, I, I was playing my music, doing her makeup, and then she was just like, you know, I hope this isn't too much information. And I knew right away that she was about to like vent and she told me, you know, I just really been struggling in my marriage and the pandemic and I have a new baby and it's just been really hard to take care of myself. And, you know, lately I've been reading a book called, um, I think she told me it was called Girl Brush Your Teeth and no, Girl Wash Your Face. Oh, and yeah, yeah. You've heard of it? Yes, I have. Okay, so she was just telling me how she just didn't feel like herself. And it's like the normal stuff that she's supposed to be doing to take care of herself and to be presentable. She's just like, I feel like I just can't. I feel like I can't all the time. And so she actually wanted, you know, me to do her makeup for an event that, in all honesty, I don't think the normal person would come in to get their makeup done for that particular event. It was like a um, one of her, her children was having a birthday party. So it, to me, it was clear that she really needed to do it for her. Yeah. Um, and I was more than happy to help her with that. But I, when she left, she just told me, you know, it was so nice meeting you. Like, this really has made my day. Like all, And I just felt like I'm so happy that this woman came in first. I'm happy that she felt comfortable enough with me to share with me. And I'm happy that I was able to provide that for her, that I was able to lift a little bit of a weight off of her just through my communication and through an act of service. Um, but it's just like with feeling confident, I have people tell me all the time, and I don't know if it's because of the makeup. I don't know if it's because I model. Um, but people are always like, oh, I wish I was confident like you. Or they'll make comments like, um, well, you can do that because you're, you're more confident. And it's like that's confidence is not something that's like exclusive. Right. And I really think that that's a mistake that a lot of women um, make in believing that certain people were like born this way or, you know, that's not the case. Even my own confidence. I feel like I have so many so many things that were in my opinion just kind of stacked against me and I had to teach myself confidence and I I think that that's why I take the approach that I take like if I was able to teach myself confidence then that means that you can learn it too mm-hmm. if there was one point in my life when I wasn't confident and I felt like I didn't have it together and right now you feel like you don't have it together that means that you can also be here so it's just like I've had so many things that have happened and kind of um, would make it seem like I, I shouldn't be a confident person. You know, I, I, I grew up 
um, in the white suburbs of Illinois. Um, at my school, there were five black kids. I was one of them. And the rest of the school, the, my, the school I went to was like 98% white. Mm, and, okay. you know, that's where I grew up all the way through sixth grade. And I just remember things were especially tough for me because I was in a situation where obviously I was not white enough. And it just always seemed like no matter the situation, I was always the token black kid. And then even other black kids, like I think I, I had two other black kids in my grade. Sometimes they wouldn't even talk to you because they were trying their best to fit in too. And so they didn't want to associate with the other black kid. And it's like always, you know, being different, never having a guy have a crush on you because you're black. Right. And you look different than all the other kid girls that he goes to school with. You know, that is that was the beginning stages of my life. So my mom, I really think I owe a lot of confidence to her just because so much of us is the same. And I feel like she's the person who was telling me, you have to fake it till you make it. Like you fake it long enough that one day you wake up and you won't be faking it anymore. She used to tell me, stop slouching, hold your shoulders up. When you walk in a room, don't act like you're not supposed to be in there. And at first that stuff was extremely uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Because my mom, it's just like when you want to be invisible and then you have someone telling you, hold your head up, put your shoulders back. And now you feel like now everybody can see me. It was just uncomfortable. And it was just like I left a situation where, you know, I was the kid that no one wanted to dance with at the dance. Um I was chubby as a kid. I've been chubby my whole life. I know y'all can't hear it in my voice, but I'm definitely a BBW, a plus-size model. Um, when I was at the schools that I was at up to sixth grade, it was like I couldn't fit in because I was black. So my parents, going into seventh grade, they decided we were going to move back from Illinois to Texas. And my mom was like, I really want them to be around other people that look like them. So I'm super excited, you know, yeah. I get down here and I'm with black kids. I'm happy to see other people that look like me. Then I find out that I'm not black enough and I'm having kids call me Oreo at school and asking me why I talk white. So it was just like a consistently something after another, after another, after another. And you know, I feel like all those things hit your confidence. Being overweight, you know, should have had more of an impact on my confidence. But it's just like I had to make up in my mind, you're going to be whatever you want to be. Whatever you believe about yourself is true. Yeah, So if absolutely. you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can, you're right. If you think that you are smart you're right. If you think you're beautiful, you're right. But whatever you have put in your head about yourself, that's the truth. It doesn't matter what the world is telling you. Um, and that, that works both ways. If you're telling yourself negative stuff all the time and everyone else around you is positive, it, it truly does not matter what everyone else is saying because you've already put the negative in your head and you really can't hear the great things about you. And it's the same way the other way. If you are constantly feeding yourself positivity, finding the great things about you, it really won't matter the negative that everyone else thinks or has to say. Yeah. And I just want to 
I had to learn that for myself. And once I, I learned it, I try to sprinkle a little bit of this everywhere I go. Like, pick your head up. <laughs> pick your head up. Do whatever you got to do. Handle your business. Nope, you're great. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. But I definitely like that I have a platform now where I can do that. I meet women all the time just because of makeup. And I think in the beginning I thought it was just makeup. Mm-hmm. But now I'm realizing it's more the impact that I'm having on people. Like, that's why God brought this to my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for someone that, um, cause you said that you pretty much had to teach yourself how to be confident besides like speaking positivity to yourself. Was there any other steps that you kind of took or, um, like people you looked up to, to that kind of influenced you into believing more in yourself? Like, how did you go about building confidence? Cause I feel like for me, my confidence came just because of time where I just stopped, mm-hmm. like I just innately stopped caring about what other people thought, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like a quick thing. Um, it was like a very gradual over time where I was like, you know what? People are going to make comments or have their own opinions. So whatever, like I'm just going to be me and that's it. But, um, it definitely has taken some time for me to get to that point. And I def- I know for sure that there it wasn't like a purposeful process for me. Um, I think that my mom definitely jump-started that process for me. You know, she's also um, a plus-size woman. My mom is 5'11". Um, she's, like, bigger than most women, I would say. Um, uh, she was an athlete. In my family, I'm like, I'm 5'8", but I'm like the, the want of my family. Everyone in my family is really big. Um, but I really think that watching her and not just her her confidence, first of all, um, I have a lot of women in my family that just have very big personalities. So that helped a little bit. Um, but I also feel like being the people that I saw that I looked up to, I took a little bit from each of them. Um, the people who were conversationalists and I I could see them being able to communicate well with people. I knew that I wanted to be a communicator. I don't want to particularly communicate like you, but I value being able to listen to someone speak or listen to someone command a room. So that was something that like has always like caught my attention about certain people. And from things like that, from, from, you know, being attracted to people who can kind of command a room. Um, also like the people who kind of seem to not care like what's going on in places when they, when they come in, those were the people who made the most impression on me. And so I found over time that was my fake it till you make it. I started talking to people more, like putting myself in uncomfortable situations, especially in college. Um, I had transferred um, after my sophomore year from Texas Tech to LSU. And when I got there, when you come to a school your your junior year, it's kind of too late for you to make friends on accident. Um, Right. You know, freshman year, you're all getting thrown into orientation and you're moving over here and everyone's like, you don't know anyone, so everyone is becoming friends. But when you come your junior year, 
you will not make a friend unless you purposely try to figure it out. So I kind of put myself in a situation where I didn't have a choice. Um, I had never even been to Louisiana before. I had dropped out of out of college when I was at Texas Tech. It just was not working for me, and I dropped out. And my, when I called my mom to tell her I, I, I dropped out of school today, um, she was like, "What do you What do you need? Like, what are you about to do? Like, what are your plans? Are you just going to be a bum? Like, what What is like? What do you mean?" And she thought I was saying, you know, I dropped out of summer school, but I'd actually like withdrew from the campus without like any thought process. I was sitting in my class one day and I just remember looking out of the window and feeling like just so kind of not really upset, but I just didn't feel pleased with my life and where I saw things going. And the teacher during that particular class, I don't even remember what the class was. Like, that's how disinterested I was. It was the first day. Um, he said, you guys, we're going to go ahead and take an intermission. Go ahead and um, you can go to the vending machines, get a snack, get some water. We'll meet back in 15 minutes. I remember just getting up from my chair, going to get some chips out of the vending machine, getting a drink. And the whole first half of the class, I had been staring out the window. And it was like, as soon as I got a drink, something just came over me. And it was just like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? What are you doing? And I just walked back into the classroom. I got my backpack. I marched across campus. And I went to admissions and withdrew. Wow. And the lady was like, so are you trying to just drop your summer school classes? I said, no, ma'am. I want to, um, like, withdraw from the campus altogether. And she was like, you do understand if you withdraw, you have to reapply to get into college, correct? And I was just like, yes, ma'am. But there was no process. There was no thought process. This whole situation of me having the first thought that I'm really, truly unhappy. I had withdrawn from the school within a 30-minute window. Wow. Was it the lo- like the school itself, or did you just feel like you weren't happy with yourself? I think it was... I think it was everything. I think it was the school for, and, and no offense to people who are red Raiders and they loved it there. Um, it was so far from everything that I knew. Like there were no close cities. The closest like city was Dallas and that was six hours away. Wow. Um, I didn't really feel like I had true friends. Um, like when I got to college, I, I went with a car, I went with all this stuff, and I kind of felt like the people around me were more users and parasites than actual friends, and it took me a while to notice it. And then when I noticed it, I kind of like isolated myself and just started watching how people move. Um, and just watching people like that word used to be my friends. I would listen and hear them cutting people down and I don't think I thought too much of it. And then after a while I realized that they were cutting me down and I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. And it was like not knowing what I wanted to do with a career. I went to college to be a plastic surgeon. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I did. I went to college because I wanted to be a plastic surgeon and I particularly wanted to do, um, like facial surgeries, rhinoplasts, all of that. And the funny thing is I remember wanting to do that because I I wanted to, I just liked seeing the change that was happening in people's faces. And so 
for a while when I was when I decided not to do that because when I went to LSU I changed changed my mind I was like that's not what you really what you want to do for a while I felt like I I kind of failed like you were supposed to go to doc- college and be a doctor and now on this back end of it when I look back I'm exactly what I wanted to do I change people's faces and watch the transformation every day I just didn't know that I had another option to do that yes yep And, but that was like, what was intriguing me about being a plastic surgeon, being able to transform something. Now I transform the same people over and over and over and over different ways, (laughs) different moves, different celebrations. And so it's like, I, I was still able to feed that in me. And I really think that this is better because it's like, I keep having, you know, repeat customers, people coming back to me, people that have grown with me since my business was a baby. Um, But I realized that, like, I thought that it was plastic surgery that I wanted to do, but really it was me changing and helping something evolve and turn into something else. Yeah. But anyway, with um, me transferring to LSU, I really felt like it was a chance for me to kind of have a fresh start and whatever I wanted to be, I could be. Who knew me? Right. And so where I went to Texas Tech and I felt like I was still kind of sheltered and... I kind of followed people a little bit more. It was like, listen, if you want to be confident, this is your time. These people don't know you. They won't know if you weren't confident before. They won't know who you, they're only going to know what you show them. And so from there, when I would get into rooms with new people, I would go introduce myself to people. All that, And it was super uncomfortable at first. I was like, these people are going to think I'm crazy. But after I started doing it for a while, I, I noticed I was walking around campus and people would be like, oh, that's Gia. People were hollering out my name across, you know, the courtyard. And from there people knowing me, me going to different events, me communicating and speaking with people, um, me starting modeling and stuff when I was in college, you know, people wanted me to model certain clothes and things like that. That's when I feel like the confidence just started to build me putting myself in situations that were like, I wanted them to be. So initially it was kind of like I was, in places I wasn't supposed to be at first, um, just because even though I wanted to be confident, I wasn't quite there. I, I was just going through the motions initially. But after I went through the motions so much, it, it stopped being the motions, and, and then it was truly like who I am. I quit thinking about the process of it so much, and then it was just like this is this is who I am. Yeah. Um, so I really think that for confidence for anybody first, just, just the very first thing is be yourself, whatever that is, that is the only space you need to occupy. Even though I feel like I, you know, I took a little here and took a little there. I never stopped being me. And I really think that that is very important because so many people, especially with social media and things these days, so many people just lose sight of who they are while they're trying to find something else. Yeah. So if I, no matter what decisions you make for yourself, do not lose who you are innately. Like that has to always, always exist. Yeah. Um, and social media is good, but it's also bad because it could definitely make you feel less confident, even for people who are confident. 
or mm-hmm. make you feel like you have to have a persona to get followers or to get likes or for people to view your videos um, just so you could feel like people are paying attention to you. But if you're yourself all the time and you're being authentic, there's nothing that you need to change. That's very true. I feel like I, even myself, I feel like you go through waves of whatever, whatever you experience in your life, it comes through in waves. And I feel like my confidence has definitely strengthened and weakened in waves. Um, a couple years ago, I got sick. Um, I had to have a lymph node removed from my neck. And um, during that time, I had taken a break from my like makeup business. I was just in so much pain like daily and there was nothing that I could really do about that. So makeup was just kind of put on the back burner for a while. Now, before this, because of my personality and stuff, I had like 9,000, I think something followers on Instagram. And I just really like, they just came out of nowhere. I really don't know. I never really know where all these people come from that, that follow you. But, um, I remember having those followers on Instagram. And then when I came back from me being on hiatus and trying to get myself together, mm-hmm. I had like maybe 4,000 followers. And I don't know where these thousands of people went, but I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? I lost all these followers. And the crazy thing is those followers had nothing to do with my business. Like they, the followers, the amount of followers I had had nothing to do with the actual success of my business. Right. So Mm -hmm. now that my brain has matured and realized like who's following you on Instagram really doesn't matter. I'm trying to get people to follow me in real life. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Follow me. I need to have humility and be an example in real life. It's cool to have somebody liking my pictures, but who really cares? Um, I want someone to look at me or be around me or have an experience or an encounter with me. And when they walk away, feel like, dang, like that was great. Yeah. I, I don't care about how you see me on Instagram or on social media. Cause in all honesty, most of the things that we see on social media, that's not even the reality of people's lives. Like they're not even those people. You see the, the, 20% of them that is good, them on a good day, then when they want to get dressed, when they want to match outfits with their their spouse, like you don't see the actual them. Right. So I'm trying to get people to be impacted and love the actual me. And it's like now I have even less followers, but my business, like I don't have weekends where I sit down anymore. And it's just funny to me because Instagram will really make you feel like you've done something when it's it's nothing going on. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm just thankful now because, like, things have switched. I don't have as many followers on Instagram, but I have followers in real life. And to me, that is something that is something I can speak on and feel good about where you don't really feel good about it like it's flighty. It's flighty when you when you get a like on a picture, you feel like, oh look, someone liked it. It goes away right away. Yeah. But when you put an actual real life impact on somebody, that doesn't go away. It stamps you. It stamps your heart. And so that is what I'm probably most proud of now. Yeah. And there's a lot of businesses 
from different varieties of businesses. Um, people that I've listened to on different podcasts where they talk about that. Like just because somebody has millions of followers, it doesn't mean that their business is successful. It just means they have a lot of followers. Um, and then they talk also about the engagement. Like anybody can just click through and hit like, 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 but, um, are they really engaging with and paying attention to what you're posting? And so, um, one of the women that I was listening to, she said, um, you can focus on likes, views, and followers, or you can focus on your business. And she was like, they're, they're not always one in the same, meaning like mm-hmm. some, you know, some people put value more on social media than they do on their real business. So yes, you have a million followers, but you're not making any money. You don't have any clients. Like everybody's watching what you're doing, but they don't have the trust in you to even um, buy the products that you're promoting. So that in itself, like, is very, um, it's empowering. Because if you are authentic and people do gain your trust, uh, whether you have a million followers or one follower, if you have their trust and they are following you because they trust you, then your business is going to be successful because they're going to constantly pay attention to what you're doing and want you to be successful too. Oh, absolutely. I definitely feel like um, the difference that I've seen just in my business in the beginning, I did have people coming to me off Instagram, coming to me on Facebook. Um, But now the majority of my clients, they've heard about me from someone. And it's like, you could, you can like a, a service that you receive, but you have to really like it to tell somebody else about it. Yeah, and because I feel like I've, I've gotten services before, I feel like, oh, that's look at my nails; those are so cute. But I'm not running to everyone to go tell someone to go to my nail tech, okay? Right. And <laughs> that's because my nail tech doesn't actually make an impression on me. They don't even know my name. I didn't know theirs for a while. Um, but having someone actually feel like this thing that I, I've done, this is so good, I want to tell somebody else about it. That's the biggest compliment. Like, that beats any kind of, like, somebody actually feeling like they need to bring my name up in a room that I'm not in yet. Yes, that part right there. Yes. Absolutely. I I definitely, um, I, I pay attention to that, and I'm thankful for it, and I see it happen more and more and more in my life, and it's just like, God has just blessed me so much. Um... I'm thankful because there's just so many things that I've been able to do. Even like um, last year, I got a call to do Kiara Shears. Do you know who Kiara Shears is? Girl, yes, I do. Okay. (laughs) So I got a a call to do her makeup. And I was just like shocked because it's like I love her music. The Clark sisters are like, who doesn't know them? And so I just couldn't believe it. And Actually, she had posted something saying that she needed a makeup artist in in Houston. I did not know it, but all my clients that saw that were posting my name under the picture. Wow. And 
but even with that, other people's clients were doing the same thing. But for some reason, she noticed me with my little 6,000 followers. Yeah. And I ended up doing And so it's just like, likes and stuff does not matter. Whatever impact you make on people in real life, that's what matters. Because I made enough of an impact for these different people to feel like we need to tell this person about this. And then she actually listened. Yeah. And has called me since then texted me since then that she texts but it's just like it's crazy when someone puts your name in a room that you're not in that you haven't stepped stepped foot in yet it's a blessing absolutely and you know when you were talking about that because I was going to bring it up but I'm like maybe she'll say it because I was about to say like you know ask how that came about because I remember seeing the pictures um on your page of her yeah that was crazy and unexpected i was you know literally at work and then i got a a message and it was like this is kier shears manager we were wondering if you're available today to do this and first of all i'm thinking how do you have my number like i was just so <laughs> confused and then i thought is this a prank like yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay kier shears manager okay and so when i responded I was like, I, I think this is legit. And the person, like, gave their Instagram and everything. And I'm like, oh, wait. And, like, Kira shared us and all this stuff. Like, yeah. I think this is real. <laughs> and so then I responded. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could be there. I could do this. I could do that. And she actually um, had a concert at Lakewood Church. There was a big co- gospel concert there. And I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. But uh, I'm super thankful that night was just crazy um I remember like doing her makeup she it was super busy so I had to like squeeze in and do makeup way faster than I normally would and then um I was doing like last minute touch-ups I had to go backstage behind her and we it was kind of dark backstage before she went on and I heard someone say it was a male voice someone say um do you need some light let Unc hold a light for you. I'm like, Unc, I turn and it's Kirk Franklin with his oh, flashlight wow. on his phone. And he comes <laughs> and turns the light on on his phone and he's holding it while I'm doing her makeup backstage. I could not, like, could not believe it. Yeah. It was just like crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I've had, I've had some, some, pretty good experiences i've had some weird experiences not that great experiences with some celebrities yeah but um definitely i've had some some good blessings yes and you definitely deserve them because good people will be blessed with good things and great things and all around gia like seriously you are just an amazing person um and Sitting in, even sitting in your class, your makeup class, um, just the care that you took with all of us and the way that you approached all of us differently, like you were paying attention to us, um, even though like some of them you didn't know, um, but it was like very much so personable. And for those of y'all that don't know, it was on Zoom or it was online, so it's not even like you know, she could, um, use body language or anything like that or proximity to us 
to be more personable, but she definitely was just through the screen. And even when you were just talking to all of us, it felt like you were talking to us individually. Um, which to me, like from there, I definitely was promoting all the rest of your classes. Cause I'm like, this is just different. Um, it, you're going to learn a lot, but it's, it's a very comfortable environment. So I think that makes that, me so happy when I, when I did the classes, I was kind of nervous about it. I never done, um, makeup. First of all, I was thinking, is this doable? Like, teaching someone makeup when I can't touch them. I can't, I have to describe things better. Um, communication definitely is key in that situation because I can't, I can show it to you, but it's, it's something different about being on a screen as opposed to being in a room. Right. Um, so I was really nervous about how that would turn out, but I also knew we were in the middle of a pandemic and I knew if I took another hiatus for my business, like I did before, I would have to go back through the rebuilding process again, which is what I did before I lost during that time when I wasn't taking any clients, when I was sick, I was having to refer them to other artists. I knew mm. probably maybe one third or one fourth of those clients came back to me. Once I got better, the rest of them, when they left, they were gone for good, found new artists, whatever. So I had to rebuild my business. It was almost like starting over and it was devastating, like having to start over and so I knew when the pandemic happened, hey, says you you cannot. You, I don't know how long this thing is going to last, but you better figure something out. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, all right, what can you do? What can you do? How can you still be in people's minds, in their household, in their makeup bag without actually being there? What can you do? And then I was like, you know what? Do some Zoom classes. And I, I put them out. I was doing them. Um, um, like at a very low price initially just to get, you know, people interested and so they could see like what you would get, what right. you would get if you came and invested. And those couple classes that I like, um, those introductory classes, all of those people went to other people talking about it. So then when I actually put out the real classes, my classes were just filling up and I did them all through the pandemic. And now it's like, even when we go back to, I'm not even going to say normal life. When we go back to a life where we can go outside, yeah. um, <laughs> when we go back to a life where we can go outside, I still feel like I want to continue to do zoom classes. Cause sometimes you just cannot make it. You can't yeah. like, go somewhere else. And like, I really think it was beneficial because it expanded my business where before I only had people in Houston and then every once in a while I'd have someone who wanted to fly me somewhere for a certain event. But most of my clients were in the Houston area. Now it's like I have clients that are in Houston and Chicago and Atlanta and Florida. I had this lady who got on, um, she was overseas and it was like nighttime where she was one time. And I was just like, this is crazy. This is crazy that I had, like, my business expanded during a time where it could have shut down. Right. Because the rest of the world shut down. Right. So I I really am happy, though, to hear, hear you say that. I really, I try my best to be a good teacher. Um... I know what it's like when you spend your money or you invest in something and you feel like you just did not get your money's worth. Yeah. Um, so I just try to make sure that y'all really feel like, you know, you got it. I try to look at you and see if maybe you have a question you're scared to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to walk away and feel like, oh, no, I got it. I'm confident. I know what I'm doing. I can do these steps again by myself. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was a great class, and I was able to replicate it after the fact. So that was a great instruction. Thank you. So I do have a question for you, though, because you talked about when you were sick and um, you weren't able to have any clients. Did you feel like it kind of lowered your confidence? Like, did you have to build your confidence back up um, during that time? Like, because I'm sure it was not easy for your clients to not return. Um, and then you have to go out and find more clients. So did that kind of um, hurt your confidence a little bit? Absolutely. Um Honestly, I think it's, it put a fear in me that I didn't know to have because in the beginning, I kind of felt like my business flourished off my popularity. Okay. People liked me. Um, they saw me a lot. And then they saw me with makeup and stuff. So they were like, oh, you know, we want her to do our makeup. But it was kind of off of popularity. Right. And so when I disappeared. Because if you're if you're off social media, especially if you have a business that's running on social media, it's literally like you like disappeared off the face of the earth. Obviously, that did not actually happen, but that's the impression it makes on other people. Yeah, like you just don't exist anymore, out of sight, out of mind. So I had not really taken all that into account, like what it would mean if I had a business that that flourished and thrived off people's interaction with me and them seeing me. And now they don't see me anymore ever. Right. And so I took that time off to try to take care of myself. You know, I'm, I'm not feeling like myself. I was feeling sick and tired all the time. Um, and when I came back and realized what had happened, like the magnitude of what had happened, that, Along with these followers that are gone, mm -hmm. the people that I sent to other people were not coming back. Right. It was just yeah. like, first of all, I felt like the loyalty wasn't there, but that let me know you didn't make an impression on them. Mm. So it was kind of like a time where I felt like you need to think now and figure out what you need to change. Because if you made a big enough impression on these people, they would have been waiting on the edge of their seats for you to come back and they weren't. So you didn't have an impact. And that's when I started, I stopped having that approach to just get the makeup done or just do the service. Um, because before I don't really think I was such a communicator. I was just like, do the makeup and be like, okay, thank you. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, so that's when I started really trying to build relationship with clients mm -hmm. because prior to that they were just someone that I was servicing where now I feel like I know my clients my clients know me I've built a rapport with them and I can tell like when I go on vacation or when I take a little break they're like hey when even during this pandemic I've had so many people when are you going to come back when are you doing microblading when are you doing this what, when can I set up my appointment it's been over a year and a half for some of the services that I have not provided and these people are just waiting yeah and so I know that now I've made the impression that what I do and where who I am in certain people's lives matters now. Like when it comes to my business where before I don't really think it did, but definitely I feel like my confidence was hit because it let me know 
you thought she was hot, but she ain't that hot. Cause yeah. where, is, where is everyone? And I was that's going a... through the roughest time of my life and feeling like I was by myself. And then when I came out of it, I was really by myself. Yeah. And I think that that's a good way to look at it. Um, where you said like, you clearly didn't make an impression on them. Um, cause I think for me, like, and some of the jobs that I've had, I kind of look back and realize like I really wasn't social. I definitely think that, um, especially when you're in like the service industry and I know people don't feel like education is a service industry, but we work with people all day, even though some of those people are kids. Um, and to make people feel like you hear them out, it does make a difference on their response to you and then how they feel about you. So I definitely understand, you know, when you say that about not making an impression on your clients for them to want to come back. So I agree with that part. Definitely. I feel like, you know, I don't think people realize the impact. Like, you're going to impact that pretty much. You're going to have some type of impact. Either it's minimal or it's great. Either it's good or it's bad. So I just try to make sure that, just like I said, I leave situations and people better than I found them. I don't ever want to be like a negative impact on someone's, you know, life or on their day. Um, So I just, in my effort to pay attention to that, that has helped to build the relationships and um, just help me to get to where I am. Yeah. And I definitely think that that is why you've been able to go through so many doors that you have been because you have made an impression on people. Um, I mean, you probably don't know this, Gia, but (laughs) when you were doing my makeup for my wedding, like I did not want to get married. Um, and so I sat in there and was talking to you and I was like, you knew I was late <laughs> to that wedding <laughs> you were late. because I kept thinking in my head, like maybe G will be like, maybe you, are, do you want to get married? I think I was just waiting for somebody to ask me so I could be like, no. Um, but I mean, that's not normally what people say to you on your wedding day. So yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and talk to Gia. <laughs> and, you know, I did not know that. I did feel, I remember <laughs> that day, I just felt like you were so beautiful, but you just didn't, I wasn't getting like a, like a happy, glowy vibe. Yeah. You looked so pretty. Yeah. But you just seemed like, like a little withdrawn. Yep, absolutely. And, and I remember thinking that to myself. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time that, like, even during the ceremony and after, and I mean, I just, it was like the pressure that people were there waiting for me. I think if it was like a small ceremony where it was like just our families, I wouldn't have done it. But it was like other people, and then I felt like I'm just going to go through with it. And yeah, but I had no desire to want to go through with it. And in that moment, I did not. So I had no idea. Yeah. So you were like my um, 
saving grace in a sense because I was just like, I'm about to sit here and enjoy Gia's company for as long as I can (laughs) (laughs) to try to like get myself back on track. And I don't even know what we were talking about, but I just felt like we were talking about everything under the sun. We were. And they kept calling like, hey, where are you? I was not answering my phone. I wasn't answering text messages. I kept looking down like, eh, I'll get there when I get there. (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah. Yep. So. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Look at at the blessing. He brought you through. I'm sure you had some, some, some blessings from that, some lessons from that. Absolutely. And that's all that matters. Yep. It served its purpose for the short time that it existed, and thank God I had the strength to just realize it was not, I was right from the beginning. Amen. So, well, Gia, I know that uh, we both have work tomorrow, (laughs) (laughs) and see, this is what I mean, like, I literally could probably sit here and talk to you all night about just this one topic um, because it really it affects us in so many different ways and I don't think that people um, like you said realize the impact that they have on other people but realize the impact that you have on yourself and a lot of um, our situations start with us so when you're focused on positive things and you speak positivity to yourself, um, you will innately like bring positive situations, you know, to your life. And I can attest to that, that when I let go of a lot of negative things that I thought and felt and, uh, negative people that were surrounding me and that were in my inner circle, just so many different things started happening. Um, and, you know, it. you definitely are the only one that can manifest things for yourself. And people can feel like it's crazy talk when you talk about, you know, um, speaking positivity to yourself. And um, one of the things that I learned from a podcast was like during my prayers, um, instead of asking God for things, you thank him in advance. Um, and, and I definitely think that having that thought in your mind, like it does change things. It changes you. I agree. I, um, I definitely, now don't get me wrong. I understand how someone could feel like, oh, that's easy to say, you know, easy to think, think positively is easier said than done, but it's definitely one of those things that even when it's awkward, even when you feel like, oh, I feel dumb, like having these conversations with myself, once you do it enough, you'll get used to it. So initially you may feel ridiculous trying to tell yourself things, especially if you don't believe them initially, Yeah, like you will feel like you're lying to yourself. But once you talk to yourself enough, and you start getting that brain moving in a different direction, mm-hmm. the rest of you follows. So it really does start in your head. 
Yes. And you have to get past the discomfort. And you kind of have to be honest with yourself. If whatever situation you're in right now is not comfortable, would a different type of discomfort make a difference? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. If you feel like, oh, I'm not confident and that's not comfortable. If you feel like, oh, I hate my job and I'm scared to leave and that's not comfortable. Really, if you have become accustomed and used to discomfort, some positive discomfort might be okay. Yes. Absolutely. Because I will say that, um, you know, when I first started like doing the positive talk and I would like find quotes and stuff that, um, from like online because it was awkward to say things to myself. So I would find like positive quotes and drive, you know, say them on my way to work. Um, it is awkward, but like your mom said, you fake it till you make it. You know, that's the only thing. If you you practice anything and then you become better at it and then it becomes a routine and then it becomes second nature. So positive talk um, is the same thing. You just keep practicing it until it becomes second nature. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. We have to just keep in mind everything that we do on a normal basis today in our daily walks at one point it was not normal at one point it was not normal for us to get in our cars and drive Mm -hmm. at one point you know it was not normal for us to know how to leave a voicemail or like there were things that we had to learn how to do and now it's nothing that we think about anymore right and it's the same with speaking positivity over your life and over yourself yep that is so true and fake it till you make it. Amen. <laughs> Your mom gave good advice. Cause that is definitely what I was doing for a long time. And look at us now. I know. And <clears throat> the crazy thing is, like, from this conversation, so if you real, if you remember from the beginning, I said my confidence came because I just stopped caring what people thought about me. And Mm -hmm. just, but in listening to what you said about your steps, that's not true. I started to think positive and to speak positivity and to surround myself with like positive people and positive things. And that's where my confidence came from because it was like a nourishing environment that I was creating for myself. And the not caring about what other people felt or thought was a part of it, but I was doing exactly what you just said, and I just didn't know that I was. Yeah, you didn't know how purposeful your actions were. Yeah. Exactly. I'm very happy for you that you found the confidence that you have now. There's a lot of people who they leave this earth still feeling doubtful about everything that they do yeah yeah so i'm proud of you even if you feel like you were a late bloomer it doesn't matter (laughs) it does not matter as long as you get where you're trying to go yeah and i mean you know it was it was a reason why i had to go through what i went through before um because i don't think i would have came out on the other side as strong as i am now so definitely I accept Definitely. I accept those bumps and bruises. 
Yeah, I um, I was actually talking um, on one of my Bible studies the other day. Um, the question was posed, just kind of what the pandemic has done for you. And it was an interesting question just because I feel like everyone has focused on the negative, everything bad that's come from the pandemic. Yeah. And one of the things when I just really, like, tried to be introspective and looked at it um, that I feel happened um, for me personally, I've dealt with a lot of trauma throughout my life. Um, you know, I was abused as a child. And then um, my very first boyfriend, he and his best friend were shot and killed in Chicago gun violence because that's just what the norm is up there. Wow. And I just have, I learned to work myself through stuff. Yeah. Okay. So instead of really addressing what I was feeling, I just wouldn't feel it really. And I would just keep pushing forward. And I hadn't realized that that was a trauma response until I was forced to sit down during the pandemic. Mm. And that's when it just like really opened my eyes to the fact that you have to take care of self. Like that is truly what matters at the end of the day. And I just, and I can't even remember why I started telling you this, but it, it, to me that this process, like throughout the pandemic and like sitting down and really being introspective and really breaking down, like, how do you feel about things? What is going on here? Why do you do this specific thing? I also think that that helped to build my confidence because at this point, I feel like I know myself better than I ever have in my life. Yeah. Where before, I'm not really sure. Like, I I knew of myself. I knew certain things about myself. I knew things that I liked, all of that different stuff. I did not know a lot of the reasons why I move the way I move. Mm -hmm. and some things were just kind of habitual for me like this is just what I do so you know it was fine but when the pandemic came and I had to sit down which I don't know if I ever would have sat down I'm just a worker bee when I'm not teaching I was doing makeup when I'm not doing makeup I'm doing church stuff so I don't think I would have ever sat down and like really processed like I know who I am I know what I do but the why behind everything um but getting to know myself at this level, I really think helped to build my my confidence because now I feel like I truly 100% know who I am. Yeah. And it has just opened up so many things to me that's helped my business flourish. It's helped me to um, be in a relationship now where I actually feel like it's meaningful this is the longest I've ever been, ever been in a relationship, but I've only been in a relationship for like two years. But I noticed that I was like living kind of on the surface with people. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but just kind of because I wasn't digging deep mm-hmm. like for myself. I wasn't trying to like get down to the root of it for myself. It was hard for me to be in relationship, not just um, romantically, but also in friendships. I had a lot of surface relationships. Um with people because I kind of had a surface relationship with self at at one point. And so now it's just like, this is probably, 
I'm really happy that we're talking about this, but I, I really feel like this is probably the most confident that I've been because at this point, I truly feel like I know all of Gia. Yeah. And not just portions of it or the portions that look good. Like, every little part of me, I understand it. I see in all the crevices, all the little dark corners, and it's no more, like, cobwebs or little rooms that I never do open up and definitely don't open up in front of people. Right. You know? Yeah. So I just feel like that that authenticity, oh, Lord, authenticity um, has really helped to build my, my confidence and help with re- my relationships with my boyfriend, with friends, with my clients, um, because there's no more like smoking mirrors and, and, and just keeping up a, not really keeping up a, a facade, but all, you know how you feel like pressure to always keep your best foot forward or your, your best face forward. Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like that anymore. Like people just get the, the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what people appreciate most. Right. Yep. Just be in yourself, even when you don't feel your best as yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It just makes people feel more um, relatable. Like you don't have it all together either. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because whenever I see people's posts that say, see, look, I don't have it all together. I'm like, but you recorded this video of you not having it all together. So how real is that? Like, right. Right. <laughs> that drives me crazy. I'm like, you don't have to show me that, you know. Really, your kids weren't sitting compliant for this video. We all know how kids are, and you edited the best parts. Like, we get it. So, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but then they'll be like reality and Instagram. Like, we know. We don't think your kids sat there for all this time to do this video. Yes, that's funny. You're yeah, right. Because it's like, that's not real. You recorded it. So. <laughs> That is funny. Yeah. So annoying to me. (laughs) It just drives me crazy. (laughs) Now watch when you go online and you see those videos, you're going to be like, yep. Yeah, now I feel like you you put that little thought in my head and I'm going to be able to look past it. Because it's like, stop it. Like, you still are recording this. Like. No, there's not a hidden camera following you around. <laughs> that is very true. There are a lot of people who it's all for the gram. Yeah. Now there are some people that'll be like, you know, I was gonna record today, but my son decided to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, that's real because you couldn't even record because this happened. But when they be recording all the stuff that goes wrong, I'm like, that's just called reality. Like, that's like me just playing a podcast all the way through without editing, like Kingsley in the background screaming, which if you ever listen to it, she has been in the background screaming. But, uh, huh? Today? or No, like on some of my other episodes where she just, you know. Having fun. I didn't hear anything. No, that girl is knocked out right now. (laughs) She don't play about her sleep. 7.30, 8 o'clock, that's it. Lights out. Well, that's good. Yeah, so I am blessed in that way. But, yeah. 
there was one time when she was squealing so loud. I'm like, really, Kingsley? Um, but, um, yeah, it's funny. So, Gia, um, I am gonna I'm gonna force us to wrap up because, like I said, we can keep talking all night long. Um, but I don't want to hold you. So I definitely appreciate this conversation. Um, I know that a lot of people feel stuck and, you know, especially in the pandemic where people have had to shift careers or have lost their careers or are starting something new or trying to figure out the next step, um, what they should do for one reason or another. Um, Taking your advice is is definitely going to be step one, um, because if you're not confident and believe in yourself, there's no way you're going to be successful in anything you do, relationship, career, um, new business ventures. It does not matter. You have to have that confidence and believe in yourself to achieve anything. Um, so before we end today, um, is there any parting words that you want to say to everyone um, just to kind of wrap everything up? I just want to say that no matter what, no matter where you are in your journey towards becoming whoever it is that you want to be or a better version of yourself, just remember that you are the most important thing. Remember that even on days when things don't go as planned, that does not necessarily mean you need a different plan. Sometimes you just need a different approach, but the goal should be the same. And always believe in your mind and in your heart that whatever you set out to do, you can actually do because you don't want to defeat yourself before you even walk out the door. Amen to that. Thank you again, Gia. This was a very uh, enlightening and amazing conversation. And hopefully sometime soon we will have another conversation. I don't know about what, but I'm sure we can think of something. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. Have a good night. You too. And thank you. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger and check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell, or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.